Welcome back, everybody, to the Redline Podcast. Today's a little different as we're doing our first completely remote episode. I'm here in the car right now with Alex, heading back from Farmington, Connecticut. Spent the day here touring the uh, Connecticut School of Broadcasting, where our next chapter will be written. Um, so, Alex, I'm not even going to ask how you are because, I mean, we've been we've been together all day. But uh, we just stopped for um, where were we? We Red- were at Red Robin, baby. Red Robin. Red Robin, boneless. Yum. Red Robin, yum. Oh, we were at the uh, the boneless fries. It was, it was a good time. Good boneless, day. Boneless, bottomless. Bottomless, bottomless fries, not boneless. And now we are on our way home. We got about an hour and a half car ride. No, we're not going to make it an hour and a half episode. Luckily, no, we're not. But we are going to make it about our favorite sports league, the MLB. Yes, we are, and. Uh Recapping what has been the first uh, three games, three or four games for the MLB. We've already had an outbreak uh, coming today, of course. Uh, but we're going to get into our favorite team in this favorite league, that is the Boston Red Sox, who, uh, well, I don't know. I don't really know how to, uh, what to say for them. Uh, I mean, we, we, I lured myself into thinking that they would contend, but I'm... Uh, fastly mistaken. And on Friday, when we were watching opening day, um, I was actually with Alex, and we said, you know what? If they could play the Orioles every damn game, they'd be pretty good. And then what do you know? They lose two straight to the Orioles. We ate our words on that one, that's for sure. Absolutely. And another, and you know what? I think we've, we've highlighted the whole time with the Boston Red Sox is their pitching. From the bullpen, starting rotation, all around, their pitching has gone off. We said... Uh, before this season started, before the season even didn't even look like it was going to start. I mean, we said the Red Sox have a good lineup. It's just the pitching that is suspect. And sure enough, here we are. Offensively, they have no problems. It's no, the pitching. I mean, when a guy like Martin Perez, who signed to be the number five pitcher in your rotation, is starting the second game of the season, that's not not a good look. No, and especially when you have minor league talent filling out your three through five rotation i mean i don't know i don't know what you expect i really don't so we got on friday if all goes out and obviously they beat the orioles pretty comfortably and then the next next day saturday they play the day game um martin perez i mean first inning he first two batters he faced he already had runners on second and third i was like this is this is how today's gonna be and that's against the baltimore orioles so that's not a good thing um, and then yesterday you have Ryan Weber going and another guy who's never been on an opening day roster. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, did he, did he doesn't start very often. He comes out of the pen a lot, doesn't no, he? No, he was, a, I believe he was a reliever, a reliever in, in yeah. AAA, if not uh, starting in the rotation in AAA. But obviously, different when you get called up to the big leagues there, big dog. But uh, no, he, he didn't make it out of, what, three innings? So, yeah, not... not good to have those guys pitching your second and third game of the season um erod go underwent test last night i'm pretty sure I'm not sure what his story is going to be and you it's, know yeah especially with his i didn't mean to cut you off there but especially with his underlying heart condition i guess now which was flared up from the covid so that can't be good and i i can only assume how long it's going to take him to uh you know fully recover you know physically now or whatever test he's taking or whatever they're going to clear him medically so uh, 
who knows with Erod if we we'll be lucky if we even see him within sixty games. Right, and you know, like you said, they he ran test on his, they ran test on his heart last night. Um, especially, you know, another thing that we've always seen with uh, the COVID nineteen is underlying health issues tends to be a problem. Although Erod already defeated COVID nineteen. I'm sure he's going to worry about his health. And, I mean, if I was Erod watching the Red Sox the last two days, I'd be like, yikes. Yeah, I would have had a heart attack too. But, uh, yeah, like like I just said, when you have guys three through five that are in a minor league rotation, that are minor league talent, and they're starting for your big league ball club, uh, the Boston Red Sox, A, and B, you're playing a team that has lost over 200 games in the past two years. I mean, there is a big issue there. Big, big, huge, huge—you could say huge—issue as I merge lanes. And there, are, there are some bright spots with the Red Sox. Uh, JD Martinez has hit well to the first three games. Jose Peraza as well, and even uh, Alex Verdugo. I mean, that guy has played with some fire. Uh, as soon as he hit, he roped the ball down the third base line. Um, it was his first hit as a Boston Red Sox, and he immediately started calling to the dugout for the ball. He also gets in an argument with the umpire. I mean, this guy. You know, he's got heart, and there is some good takeaways from the Red Sox. Like we said, it's not their offense that's the problem. It is strictly their pitching staff. They have a top five, top three even, payroll in baseball. And they knew their bullpen was suspect, A, and B, their rotation was suspect. Especially after Sale going uh, to undergoing Tommy John and Erod, obviously they knew that he had his COVID flares or his issues with the COVID virus. They didn't do anything to help their staff. I understand it's 60 games, but you're still a, a top-tier baseball team. You're still a top-tier organization. You have a top-tier payroll. Why aren't you doing anything to supplement your terrible bullpen or rotation? I said it a few episodes ago as well. You know they're not going to make the move. They've been very hesitant to make the move halfway through the season to get their guy. And like I said, the last person they got was Nathan Avaldi. And this was two years ago now, obviously him being out a lot last year, or for most of the and season it, last year. And here's you know? the thing that doesn't make sense to me about that Nathan Avaldi, that, that deal. It's, you know what, this guy had a lot of injury uh, injury problems in his past. And granted, he was lights out in the World Series, and he deserved a contract based off what he did. But they paid him a lot of money for a guy who battled like throwing arm injuries. They paid him a lot of money. Two Tommy John surgeries for Avaldi, and basically went out and proved himself in the World Series. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the highest proving, biggest proving ground you can, you know, get to for him. And he throws what eight scoreless innings in a 18 inning game against the Dodgers, and lets up a you know a home run, which is it's a 50-50 either either way you you score it. But for him to do that to show off and then be ready to play the next game, I mean, that's hard. It takes balls, and it, it, it takes a lot of skill, too, to do that, to man up in that situation, because many of men have fallen in that same situation. And Evaldi kicked the door down, basically, and they, you know, he, he said, hey, I'm here to stay, or, you know, hey, I'm ready to get supplemented for that, or, you know, get acclimated for it, and he did with that big deal. But, you know, someone who's been plagued with injuries for so long in his career, or so often, or for so long, I don't really know the right terminology there, I don't know how they can just go out and give him that deal. Granted, he, he pitched a great game on uh, last Friday night against the Orioles. Then again, it was the Baltimore Orioles, like I said earlier, lost over 200 baseball games in the past two seasons. So you can't really judge one starting you 
know, one starting outing from Nathan Avaldi against the Baltimore Orioles. Right, Nathan Avaldi, if I'm not mistaken, he's going to be pitching two games from now against the Mets, which will give us a better idea. Still, the Mets not necessarily known for their offensive powerhouse, but still will give us a little bit of better of an idea. But uh, if I'm not mistaken, you said, like, if not last episode, an episode before that, you said this was a prove-it year for Nathan Navaldi. And I definitely agree, like, agree with that more so now than ever because, like, he's proven he's the only guy on the, the rotation that can he, win games yeah, or has a, a chance. He's the only number one guy. He's the only legitimate starting pitcher. I mean, Martin Perez, I guess he was supposed to be the number five guy, like you said, yep. but, I mean, he, we all knew, I mean, he's had decent records, his ERA's never been there, and he's let up a ton, a ton of hits, and it was only proved more in that Orioles game, where he's had problems with the, you know, singles and doubles, but I don't know, the ERA has been a problem for Perez, the hits have been a problem for Perez, but he's managed to stay in the league with a pretty good record, I think he went, what, 13-7 and last year, or 14-13 and with the Rangers a few years ago, you know, he's had double-digit wins, double-digit wins and losses seasons, but... Zach Galdi, they signed him. I don't know really if he's in the bullpen. What they're doing there is a reserve or whatever it might no be. No AAA, so they there. I don't know what the hell's going on there. He would have been your only other real competitor in the rotation. But for to, to throw, like I said, and I will say it over and over again, three guys from AAA baseball to, to be on your opening day roster, three, four, and five, your pitchers, that's where the Red Sox are going to lose their games. You go win two out of five. That's a losing season. I mean, that's basic math. It's basic, you know, equation, however you want to score it. Two out of five every five games, not good. That's not good. And I want to be clear that I'm not jumping ship here with the Red Sox. I'm not going to say, like, oh, they're going to finish with the worst record in the league. I don't think that. But I think that I've been on that, that they don't really have a chance to contend that this was kind of like, like I said, an experimental year. Though we're only three games games uh, through the season here, so it's just kind of, in, this is kind of first thoughts. And when I, when I said experimental year, I didn't I didn't expect it to go this bad, I, nor did I think Martin Perez Go this be, bad, this fast. This fast, right. And I, Martin Perez, nor did I think he'd be the, the number two guy. But, um, you know, this year, if you're going to use, like I said, I'm still stick with this, if if you're going to use this year for anything, I mean, if this is if this is a preview of what the Red Sox are going to be this season, 60 games, you use it as an experimental thing. You got no fans in the in the stands. I mean, I mean, if this is really what they're going to do, lose two games to the Orioles back to back at home, first first games of the season, and it's not like a big deal, but they kind of got smacked by the Orioles. It wasn't they lost; they got beat bad. You can't lose to a team that was what lost over 100 games last year. Again, my favorite stat of the week has been the Orioles losing over 200 games in the past two baseball seasons. And a team that you've had their number for years. I mean, you get Mookie Betts out there, he goes 3 for 4, 4 for 5, 4 for 4, 5 for 5, two home runs, a double, stolen base, seven RBIs. They don't have those guys anymore, I get it. They they still have the bats. But when you don't have, you know, the Orioles lineup is AAA at best. I mean, you have Jose Iglesias as your number three hitter. I mean, yeah, granted, right? he's a good talent, but he's not driving in any runs, and he's not hitting a long ball. I mean, I don't know. And Jose Iglesias is more more known for his fielding yep. than his bat. No, absolutely. And I mean, when, you have, when you're trotting guys out like that, especially not having Trey Mancini this year or however long he'll be out with the uh, 
I think it's leukemia. Yeah, maybe. leukemia. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I, I mean. And that's who they are most likely going to build around. That's the Trey guy. Who, yeah, exactly. That's the guy who they're building around. You're not going to build around Jose Iglesias, a has-been rookie that you know was a big name, had a lot of value, but now all of a sudden it's. They, they also have that catcher that they drafted two years ago or a year ago. I forget that. But, I mean, young you draft, MLB draft. I mean, you draft them when they're in high school, so this could, could be a little while if he was in high school. I don't, I don't really know much about the MLB draft because, you know, you, you hear these guys' needs when they're drafted, but you don't see them until another seven, eight years later after a lot of double-A and triple-A stunts. So I just know they had a good catcher. Um, and obviously I, I don't see them building around him. Trey Mancini was the guy. But obviously with what he's got going on right now, that can't be. So this team is just... It's a dumpster fire, and you can't lose two games to them. No. But when you have mediocre pitching, it becomes a lot easier to be beat. Mediocre. So, mediocre at best. At best, yeah. I, I would say... Piss poor. Piss poor, below average. I mean, I can't even give you an adjective to describe them. That that pitching staff is god-awful. They... I mean, I don't know what... You get what you deserve, or you, you get what you... You get what you pay for. I mean, these guys are on $100,000 contracts, and that's nothing in baseball. That's peanuts. Perez has got a little comfortable contract, but, I mean, how long can you keep him around if you're having terrible efforts like he trotted out the other day? I get it's 60 games, but, I mean, how long can you keep that guy around? And then another thing is, I mean, it's still, like we said, three games through, but (laughs) we talked about this with the sports and stuff, guys. Uh... Andrew Benintendi cannot lead off. No. No. And we had one certain friend who is a Andrew Benintendi stan, okay? He cannot lead off, okay? You can't get hits at the leadoff, but you can get hits wherever else. If you hit 230 or 220 like the guy on 7 News said he does, why? Why even give it a shot? You should not be there. (laughs) That's another thing is they don't have a guy who can really lead off. Jackie Bradley has started off hitting well these first three games. And you know what? When Jackie Bradley went on his big hitting streak, he was hitting. He was leading off when he went on that big hitting hitting streak. He was hitting a leadoff. So, I mean, maybe. I mean, Jackie's more comfortable hitting leadoff. I don't know. They don't really have a guy where you could just send up there and kind of like Mookie Betts was when he let off. Kind of like you have good feeling about it. You know what I mean? Andrew, Andrew Benintendi, I mean, ever since his rookie season, I just haven't seen anything out of him. No, strike three, slider away, strike three, fastball inside, ground out, ground out, fly out. Like, you need to you need to f- just find a, a common ground. I mean, it, you got to get that guy on base. you got to be able to take be disciplined but also have a bat on your shoulders. You know what I'm saying? You can take the walk no matter what. That's going to be great. You're the leadoff guy. You want to get on base no matter what. Single, double, whatever it might be. We're not looking for you to hit it out of the park every time. You know, it's just like he does nothing. He strikes out. Strikes out, ground ball hitter. And while while we're on the topic of just kind of trashing on a couple of the Red Sox, Raphael Devers got to get out of the field. (laughs) I mean, that kid, that kid has no idea what he's doing. He has no idea what's going on at any time of the game. He really doesn't. Have you seen him, his, his mannerisms when he has the ball? When they slow, when they show the replay in slow motion, you just see his face is like he closes. Like I think one eye might be closed, his tongue sticking out. Like what's going on? Thumb's falling out of his yeah, mouth. Yeah, like what the hell? Listen, like if if this if this is how it's gonna be, is that Devers keeps 
bobbling routine ground balls right off the heel of the glove. Ben Intendi can't get on base. You know what? Put Raphael at the DH. And then you put Verdugo, JBJ, and JD in the outfield. I don't I'm not so sure about that. Then you gotta slide Ben Intendi in. Pilar's been hot too. He's been hot his first couple games here. The one Pilar has been hot. The one and that's a Tuesday. that's the thing is they have a lot of depth in the outfield. They do. Where I don't really know why they would need that necessarily. They could use it somewhere else. Like you go to the field, you lose Brock Holt, and then you got who else for first? I mean, you got Chavis. Yeah, second base, uh, Jose Peraza. Peraza. I mean, Pedroia's out. So, like, it, your first baseman switch between, like, I think, what is Chavis playing? Chavis, Chavis and, and Moreland. And then Chavis can also play second base. So, Chavis and Peraza. And then uh, Tusi Lynn can play second base. Then Bogarts kind of got short lockdown. And uh, Rafael Devers somehow still has third base lockdown. And then the outfield has so much depth. It's just. Raphael Devers, it's just like the errors he has made, it's not like they're just like, they have been bad errors. Yeah, they've been routine ground balls, like you said. But he's, uh, he's he came off last season with the finishing sixth in the MVP voting. So, I mean, you can't, you, obviously, of his bat. you can't be so fast to get rid of him. No, 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 I'm not saying get rid of him. I'm saying put him at the DH. I wouldn't mind sticking JD out in the field. Even in the field. Well, I don't know if he would, though. That's the problem. Shout out to Cracker Barrel. Oh, yeah. Dine-in, curbside, and delivery. It's a 3A. It's just a... This is what I mean when I say experimental season. It's all these what-ifs we're talking about right now. This is the year to kind of mess around with them. When then next year we get back at it. I... I... You think Renneke's going to be back next year? I don't know. Not as as the manager. It really isn't locked in for what he's going to be. He could be dead next year. (laughs) Oh that guy is not old. He's not any young, you know. He's not an Alex Cora kind of guy where, you know, he, he, he's, you know, jumping around the clubhouse and making funny jokes and stuff. He's still a baseball purist. So, I don't know. I think he can right the ship here, hopefully. Hopefully they'll listen to him. I mean, uh, Renneke seems like a solid manager, but the players need to be in it too. And that's that's going to be part of the uh, the whole cause here. But, again, it all comes back to your rotation. You're a big league ball club with a big league payroll, and you're having guys that get paid thousands of, hundreds of thousands, of, $100,000, $100,000 contracts. In the MLB to in boot. In the MLB. <laughs> on the Boston Red Sox. A big market. What happened to the days Chris Sale, David Price, John Lackey, John Lester, Josh Beckett, even Eduardo, uh, Brad Penny, all these big money guys. Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy. I mean, God, how much was that guy getting paid? Dice K towards the end? Like, what were we doing paying that guy? And now all of a sudden they don't want to pay any pitchers? Like, seriously? And you know what? It, it, it sucks because they do have the offensive talent. They have bats in the lineup. Right, we've said that. We've never said that was the problem. And it's just their pitching rotation is so bad that no matter what the offense does... Is that if it's not Evaldi or if Erod comes back, if it's not Evaldi or, or I mean, let's see what Hall's got tomorrow and tonight. We got um, who's going tonight? <laughs> I can't look. remember. Good thing I we're f- remote. I forget. Ostrich. Ostrich. Yeah, Josh Ostrich going tonight. Um, you know, unless one of them guys come out and throw a, a pretty good, a pretty solid outing. I mean, the only one I really trust right now is Nate Evaldi. 
Yeah, and that was, again, against the Baltimore Orioles. So, I mean, if that's a softball, either way, I mean. But Evaldi was hitting, like, like high 90s easily. Oh, I'm not saying he looked, he didn't look good. But, again, it's the Baltimore Orioles. Right. The triple-A team at best right now. And, and so we'll stop get, getting on the Red Sox here, stop bashing the Red Sox, and we'll move on to our second segment here. MLB, already some seem to think it's in jeopardy. You and I, not so much. Um, postponing games already with the Miami Marlins having a big outbreak in their locker room, obviously, against the, and they were playing the Philadelphia Phillies. So they postponed the Phillies game and the Marlins game. So that we're three games in, and we've already had some sort of postponed um, what are your immediate thoughts on this? Uh, the media and now everybody's going to, you know, have a way bigger overreaction. Yes, I understand their lives at the line. These guys are athletes. They're going to be all right. I mean, unless they have an underlying condition, whatever it might be, they're going to be fine. Okay. They need to isolate. Like I said, I'm no pro. They're going to isolate and they're going to test, whether it be the Phillies, the Marlins, uh, they canceled the Yankees uh, coming into Philadelphia, so there'd be no issues in the visitors' clubhouse. So, it was the Yankees and the Phillies were supposed to play, and the Marlins and the Orioles were supposed to play? Yes, today, which is Monday. I don't remember the twenty seventh. So, twenty seventh, yeah, and then they postponed those. I mean, obviously, it's not not the best news for the first week in, but I mean, if the, the MLB they had no plans on on stopping play. That's what they said. They said today they don't have any plans on stopping play. You can't pause because of the one Marlins. Team. Yeah, they, there's no pausing for one team. When it's a bigger problem, yes. I mean, you saw the PGA. They had a little riff with the uh, COVID, of course. Uh, they got a Mets sticker. A Mets and the Eagles. Yikes. Wow, uh, that's a confused fan. Wow, that's, he's, that poor guy's never been a winner in his entire life until like three years ago. Um, yeah, like I said, you saw with the PGA... They had a couple cases come up. They grabbed it by the neck and took it under control. They, you know, tightened up their, uh, their, you know, stip- what is it, stip- stipulations? They tightened up their regulations. Regulations. They tightened up the regulations. <laughs> and obviously there hasn't been a positive test, I don't know, a couple weeks now. But obviously Miami and Philly having the original problems in the MLB with the training camps and the summer camps. But... No, it doesn't surprise me Miami got it. I mean, you have to think, of course, I understand they were in Philadelphia, but you have to realize they are Miami, they're in Florida, they're the highest cases, so who knows how many people got it on the team, who knows how long they 14, had it. 14 play, players, players and coaches, and coaches. So, it was between them, there was 14 of them. I mean, obviously, uh, excuse me, oof, I've been driving a lot today. Uh, obviously, you can't really... Go out there, try to team out there with, I'd say probably call it seven, if you call it 50-50, or seven players out of your lineup that have a 23 MLB roster, which is two less than the regular roster, and then seven less than obviously what the roster you have in right now. So you can't try your lineup, your regular lineup out there, obviously you got to cancel the game, but you can't hold up the season because of one team. That's it. That's the end-all be-all right there. No, I absolutely agree. I mean, at this point now, you've they've gone through so much. With the obviously they fought so hard to get onto the field, and then went to summer camp. It's still I still find it hilarious that it was summer camp. But they go to summer camp, and now they're finally back. I don't, I just don't think you can haul play because of one team, and I don't think they will. Regardless, I don't think they'll haul, haul play at all. And I, I think right now, 
again, I'm no doctor, I'm no expert, but I think obviously you watch the Marlins and you will monitor the Phillies playing them the last three games. Monitor both teams. It's you know obviously it seems as if they have the right you know they have their hands on the right technologies for testing and getting it back in a, a timely manner. So I don't think there should be too much trouble shaping the way how they return to play. Obviously you got to isolate everybody who's COVID positive. I don't know really where they go from there for the Marlins if they just push back and jumble the schedule or if they push back and they cancel a week. If they halt a week, that's whatever. Or two well, weeks, whatever it, it might be. Two, it's usually two weeks for the quarantining and all that. But, I mean, regardless, if you have to keep the season going, there's no AAA guys. Those guys, are what are they doing right now? Sitting at home. Chewing bubble gum and watching Oprah, I guess. I don't know. So, I mean, you have guys that you can call up and I know that that, like, it's not ideal. But none of this is ideal. No, none of it. None of it. I'm sitting here with the mask on my lap. That's not ideal. No, no. Especially when you get a, you know, I, I got to go to the bathroom real quick, and then you got to put the mask back on in the middle of Red Robin. So, so shout out to Bush Meadow Farm, weddings and events, exit 73, Connecticut. We are, we got a little ways to go still here. We are 13 miles away from uh, exiting onto or keeping right onto I-90 East, New Hampshire, Maine, and Boston. Also, shout out to Waze, how, hooking us up, letting us know when there are police in the area, tires on the road, roadkill, whatever it may be. Waze is way better than Google Maps. Absolutely. 110, we got an hour and 10 minutes left. Waze is going to get you the uh, fastest way home and the shortest miles possible. So. Shout out Waze. We've got an hour and 10 minutes here, and we got the AC uh, not on high. So we touched on our first. For the folks listening at home, we have the AC on three, not four. So all of you can uh, get your uh, listening pleasure in for this episode. You're welcome for this. Uh, we are sweating here. Uh, we, touched, really. kind of <laughs> we touched on our, our. Well, I'm a big guy, so I'm sweating a little bit. Well, you're always sweating, though. We, we touched on our two, uh, two topics there. I'm looking forward to getting this AC back on, Alex. You want to go ahead and plug the socials? Absolutely. So you can go ahead and find us on Instagram at Redline Sports 617. Follow us on Twitter at Redline Sports, not six. Right? Just Redline Sports. Just Redline Sports. And, of course, check out the J&J Wrestling Podcast. Me and my friend Justin Carroll, of course, have a weekly wrestling podcast. Be sure to check that out. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at JJ Wrestling Pod. And be sure to listen to us on Spotify by searching JJ Wrestling Podcast. Follow us over there and listen to all of our previous episodes. Getting about one episode out a week right now just because it's summertime and wrestling's kind of getting stale with the whole pandemic era, which is it is what it is, but Happy that uh, sports are starting to uh, creep back. Hopefully for the MLB. At least NBA and NHL set in stone. They're doing a good job. So we're hoping the MLB can hold on. And that's kind of been the same reason for uh, same reasoning for our poor attendance. Uh, we try to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But obviously being the summertime, uh, it's been a little more difficult. Sports yeah, no are coming sports. back. Sports are coming back. Still, we're going to try our best to do Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Just no guarantees, obviously with it being summertime but uh we checked out the studio today where our new chapter will be written hopefully very soon but that'll just about do it for us today we'll catch you guys on wednesday thank you for listening see you later